Dr. Debbie here, and just a quick announcement before we get to today's episode. Has someone shattered your trust? Have you been blindsided by betrayal? It's a total shock to the body and mind. Some of us recover, and many others stay sick, bitter, angry, resentful, and stuck. If that's you, I have a research-based solution. My new book, Trust Again, Overcoming Betrayal and Regaining Health, Confidence and Happiness is now available. In the book, I literally walk you through the five stages of betrayal all the way to transformation with all kinds of examples, stories, and activities so you heal as you're moving through the book. I've also shared my very personal story along with those who participated in my PhD study so you can see how others move through their experiences too. Of course, I'm also teaching you my four-part trust rebuilding process so you can learn to feel safe again, love again, trust again. So here's what you do. Go to the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. That's thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. Why? Because there's a link on that page that'll take you to Amazon, but I want you to know about it because once you get the book, come back to that page, enter your receipt, and then you get some amazing bonus gifts. Can't wait to share the book with you. And if you have friends or a group who'd benefit, get it for them too, because I'm giving tickets to a very special workshop for anyone who purchases more than five copies. ThePBTInstitute.com forward slash trust again. Okay, now on to today's episode. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Catherine Clinton. Catherine is a licensed naturopathic physician with a focus on gut health, autoimmunity, and psychoneuroimmunology. Author, speaker, pediatric health advocate, Dr. Catherine Clinton practices in Eugene, Oregon. In medical school, Catherine was diagnosed with and healed from an autoimmune disease that affects the gastrointestinal tract, leaving her with a passion to promote gut health and psychoneuroimmune balance in children everywhere. She has multiple peer-reviewed medical journal publications, as well as guest writing for several publications. The body speaks. Are you listening? Symptoms and illnesses are the body's way of saying, hey, something's going on here and I need you to pay attention. If it can't get your attention with the minor symptoms, it's going to start speaking up with something more uncomfortable and obvious. My next guest is going to be talking all about that. Here's Catherine. Okay, everybody, we have Catherine Clinton today, and we're going to be talking about self-betrayal, medical betrayal, autoimmunity, and so much more. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk with you today. Oh, absolutely. So let's just get started with uh, self-betrayal. When, when you say self, self-betrayal, what do you mean? What did it look like for you? For me, my self-betrayal... Um, started when my body started talking to me. Um, I was in medical school and the pressures of medical school were intense and little things kept popping up that I ignored. Um, Little patches of eczema, um, GI discomfort, um, all kinds of little things kept popping up. And the funny thing is, or not so funny thing, is I was in naturopathic medical school at the time. And that was our 
you know, indoctrination is to listen to the body, listen to the signs. Um, it's always telling us something. It's always on our side. And I ignored it. I didn't uh, have time for it. Honestly, so, I was so busy. What did, I was a, yeah. So what did you attribute it to? I mean, when these, when the eczema, the GI issues were coming up, what did you, what did you say? What'd you think? I, well, I did a great job of not assessing it. And I think that was like the main thing with the betrayal was that I wasn't, I wasn't listening to it. I wasn't addressing to it. I didn't uh, try to figure out what it meant. I just pushed and pushed and pushed until I ended up in uh, the emergency room. And I had already been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Mm -hmm. It's an autoimmune disease that attacks the colon. Um, I always say that I got the sexy autoimmune disease because it makes you go to the bathroom often. And sometimes um, you, your body can be so aggressive at attacking the colon that you're losing a lot of blood. Um, and that's what happened to me. And so I ended up in the hospital and I called my boyfriend, my now husband, mm -hmm. and the intern that was seeing me was on the phone with my uh, gastroenterologist who had diagnosed me, and they were setting up a time to get me slated for surgery to remove my colon, get me set up with a bag, and that's where that self-betrayal led. It was like, okay, all right, I am hearing you now. I am so sorry I was not listening and ignoring you. And now I'm going to take it seriously and listen to my body. And that's, I mean, it really was, if I had been listening to some of those earlier signs, I wouldn't have ended up there. You know, I, I ended up sort of hiding in the bushes outside the ER and uh, until my boyfriend came to pick me up. And and that's what it looked like. It looked like me uh, not listening to my body. And well, that's what something. Were, yeah. So what were some of the symptoms? And so when you say not listening to your body, what were some symptoms where if you were to do it differently, you would have paid attention to those symptoms? What were they? Because I'm, I'm always trying to be in the, the minds of my listener thinking, oh, wow, okay. So that's what's, you know, what I need to look out for. What were some symptoms you were experiencing? Okay. Good question. I had skin issues that I had never had before. So little patches of eczema um, in which we know uh, that can be mainly caused by gut issues, right? Mm -hmm. And then I also had all the GI symptoms. So I had an increase in, uh, you know, like I had diarrhea and I was going to the bathroom multiple times a day. And a big one that surfaced was anxiety. I started having straight up panic attacks mm -hmm. um oh, they're so scary few, they're so scary mm -hmm. absolutely standing there taking my pulse <laughs> do i go to the er am i having a heart attack um and that's really uh where it focused and and those are the symptoms now actually that i look at and see um and listen to my body. You know, just about a month ago, I was pushing really hard trying to get through some work projects. And I had that feeling of panic. I woke up in the middle of the night to go pee. And I had this panic sensation. It was like, okay, time to get back to the self-care. Mm. You've been pushing too hard. You haven't been getting sleep. Um, so, so it's amazing what our bodies can tell us if we're ready to listen. 
And, you know, I always say it starts with something mental and emotional, and then it manifests into something physical. So you mentioned the anxiety. Where was that anxiety coming from? Were you able to trace it back and say, oh, I get, I get where the eczema came from and the gut issues and that anxiety? Absolutely. And it first started with those layers of like, okay, you're not listening to your body right now and you need to. Mm-hmm. And I addressed those layers. And then just like what my patients, you see additional layers start to pop up. And it really, um, it really took kind of retracing my steps all the way back to childhood. And as a kindergartner and first grade um, little girl, I remember going home all the time with a stomach ache. And what was happening in my school was there was corporal punishment. And it was uh, Starkville, Mississippi. So there was corporal physical punishment and loads of racism around. And I didn't understand any of it. I just knew that kids were being beaten for things I didn't think they should be beaten for. And that scared me. And I didn't have the words. You know, I'd go to the nurse's office. I'd go home sick. And my parents thought, oh, you're just not adjusting to school. You know, typical, like the kid can't. Uh, adjust to school. And the my teachers at school thought something weird was happening at home because I didn't have the words to tell anybody what was happening. Mm. And, you know, we talk so much about trauma these days and how it can increase inflammation and increase our chances for autoimmune diseases and chronic uh, inflammation and chronic disease. And it doesn't have to be those big T's. <clears throat> Excuse me. It can be something like I'm describing. You know, it doesn't have to be these huge losses or these big, uh, big T traumas, right? It can be the little T traumas that don't, that go unresolved. So how did you know, though, that the anxiety you were feeling as an adult was being traced back? Like when you traced it back, it was to the, the childhood challenges at school. How did you, how did you put that together? Well, like I said, it was a layering thing. So first layer of anxiety was really um, biochemical, biological. I didn't have what my body needed Mm -hmm. to have a calm nervous system. I didn't have the amino acids. I mean, when we look at gut health and how our gut microbiome is making those amino acids for uh, us to be energized and calm and, and thinking clearly. Uh, I wasn't doing that. <laughs> My body wasn't doing that. So that was the first layer. And that was a really reassuring layer because it was like, okay, I can get back to some normalcy by just addressing the physical, um, just addressing that gut health. And so that was the first piece of it. And then it uh, was a lot of work with neurofeedback and reframing that anxiety, reframing it as, you know, like we were talking about before, it's really um, trying to communicate to us. It's really trying to tell us something when we have these symptoms. So reframing that anxiety. um, And for me, everybody's different, of course, but for me, that reframing looked like uh, my anxiety the form and shape of uh, a very protective mother. Mm-hmm. And so when I would start to have these feelings of anxiety, I would check in and say, okay, 
how's the physical? How are you doing? Are you getting your sleep? Are you eating well? Are you okay physically? And if so, let's look at what else might be happening. And sometimes it, uh, sometimes it was a great reminder. You know, it was that protective mom on my shoulder mm-hmm. giving me some anxious feelings because I hadn't gotten enough sleep. I hadn't attended to my physical body. Mm-hmm. But there was another piece to it. And the reframing of the anxiety was really helpful. Um, it took the, the fear out of it and, and helped me kind of dialogue in a way with my mm-hmm. own anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it became clear that um, some of my connections were also not as connected, for a lack of better words. So talk to us a little bit about neurofeedback because it's, it's something that, that maybe some of my listeners aren't familiar with. Absolutely. So there's so much, um, so many different techniques of neurofeedback, but basically what neurofeedback is doing is resetting that nervous system. So we talked about um, my childhood kind of um, sowing the seeds for that anxiety Mm -hmm. and that autoimmune condition. Well, neurofeedback helps uh, reseed the garden, so to speak. You can kind of shift those nervous system patterns from that fight or flight overreactive, or so paralyzed in the trauma where you become frozen. Both of those things can really be rewired into that parasympathetic rest, digest, feel safe. Um, And when we do that, our body notices. When we're in that parasympathetic, that rest, digest, our brain is able to think rationally. I mean, it's amazing what happens. The signals... So the brain are shut down when we're in that fight or flight or when we're in that frozen kind of disassociative state. Um, So neurofeedback really is talking, it's an umbrella term talking about all those different techniques that can rewire that nervous system. Was there one, yeah, was there one technique that really worked for you that you, that, that you noticed a big difference when, when you started doing it? Absolutely. my favorite technique was the heart math. I, I love the heart math technique. And it's been really great for my patients and my family. Um, I think part of it, honestly, is that you can utilize technology with it. Mm-hmm. So you, it uh, sort of measures heart rate variability and, and deep breathing. And you train yourself to kind of go into that parasympathetic state that we want to be in. So explain, if you could explain to my listeners what, what the heart, uh, what it does actually, because you could see here, I'm showing you mine. <laughs> I, I have, and I, and I, but I would love to know, I would love to hear your explanation because it's a wonderful tool. If you know how to use it, I have to be totally honest. I have it. I don't know if I'm using it right. So if you can, uh, if you could explain a little bit more, because I know so many people speak so highly of it and it's something that you can just, um, it's simple to use, but, but really just a, a sentence or two about how to use it and what it does would be so helpful. Absolutely. Um, so it is measuring predominantly your heart rate variability. And so heart rate variability is different than your heart rate, right? Your heart rate's how many times your heart's beating in a minute or set time. But heart rate variability is how 
resilient your heart is to those changes in the nervous system that we were talking about. So we're here talking now and I feel great and relaxed. Now a bear jumps into here. Let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope not. But if it did, let's hope that my body gets flooded with all those endorphins and adrenaline nor adrenaline and epinephrine, cortisol, all that stuff. And <clears throat> what I'm what my heart is supposed to do is also increase its rate and um, signaling. And then I'm supposed to run away from the bear and get to the meadow and chill. And my heart is supposed to do that instantaneously. When the threat is gone, it should go back to its um, parasympathetic model. And Oftentimes, especially in our modern day lives and schedule, we get stuck. And, and most of my patients are stuck in that fight or flight mode, mm -hmm. right? That hypervigilant, that uh, walk up behind you and you, ah, what are you doing behind me? You know, that hypervigilant, high cortisol state. And, and how do we know, though, if we're in that state? That's a great question. Um, there are some wonderful lab tests out there. My favorite is uh, the Dutch test. Mm -hmm. And it's a salivary hormone test. And it looks at your cortisol readings throughout the day. And what we see with cortisol is that we have that big dump in the morning so that we get out of bed and we're excited to do our day and we have energy for that. And it kind of plateaus throughout the day so that we're energized and doing our stuff. And it dips at night and then melatonin kind of takes over the scene so we can sleep. Now that's ideal, but a lot of us aren't seeing that dip at night. We see an acceleration at night, the racing thoughts, the tired but can't sleep. Um, all of those kind of... You know how many listeners are shaking their head right now saying, yes, that's me. It's, it's that tired and wired. Absolutely. So, so, okay, let's, and, and let's talk about that a little bit because uh, it's so, it's so common, especially after betrayal, we've, we're so stressed. Our whole world is, our bottom has bottomed out on us and we yeah. are in this, you know, fight or flight. And I see it, you know, with the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough that were identified in my study. That's so typical of a stage three where we're surviving and we think that's as good as it gets. And that's where we stay. And that actually is the most common stage to get stuck in. So let's say that's where we are. We're in this chronic uh, state of fight or flight. What, what do you suggest? Well, my favorite tools, um, I, I love the heart math and the heart rate variability. It comes with visualizations and breath. So you can see all of these metrics. Um, it's wonderful. And that is a tool that helps us kind of see what's happening in our body and how we can normally do that. You know, we can do that without the, the gear and the monitor, the ear monitor, finger monitor. And, so we talked about how my first layer of anxiety was really physical. And we kind of put that uh, piece together with gut health. And then it became really a reframing and neurofeedback. And then the last piece that has been really exciting is just connecting with, um, connecting with nature. So grounding, getting my AM sun, um, 
making sure that I lower the lights or turn them off a couple hours before I go to bed. Those three things have been so tremendously powerful, and I had no idea they were going to be so powerful when I was in school, when I was a patient. Um, it wasn't until the last five years that I realized the actual instant power that uh, nature has. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's really incredible, and I'm so glad that research is catching up to it. Yeah, um, no, it's really, really powerful. So then now, I know you were, you were also, you mentioned a betrayal from the medical community. What do you mean by that? Well, it, my doctor, who, who turned into my mentor and teacher, Dr. Sacha Ambrose, was amazing. But I had seen seven or eight doctors before her. And these doctors wouldn't listen to me. So everybody was like, you have Crohn's disease. And I was a medical student. And I was like, no, I don't. Mm. (laughs) I have been up all night with my hypervigilant cortisol, uh, researching my symptoms and the treatments that would work for it. And so oftentimes I was dismissed. Even in... um, even in clinical settings with amazing doctors who had amazing knowledge and who were also my teachers and mentors, I looked up to them. But sometimes when we're working with um, conditions like this, we really need to find a practitioner who we trust and who listens to us and who we feel safe with. That's where the healing starts. Yeah. And you know, I had a very similar story. I had, you name it, I had it and I, I should have been the picture of health and I was anything but, and going to, from doctor to doctor and testing me for things, ruling out, you know, things I wouldn't wish on anybody. And it turned out it was, you know, at the root of it, my adrenals had just absolutely tanked and, and that's what it was. But when you don't know, and then you suggest all of these other things and that it could possibly be, it's terrifying. We're not getting the answers we, you know, we need. We're only feeling worse. Now we're, we're so afraid because of the potential of, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And uh, talk about creating anxiety. I mean, that's just making things so much worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just that's such a huge part of healing is to have a trusted practitioner that you feel safe with. That's where it, that's where the healing begins. We can't heal as well with these, with practitioners we don't trust. I mean, having that, you know, you talk about polyvagal theory and how as humans, we are hardwired to seek out safety as patients and people who are ill, that's especially true, right? So, um, and you know what, can you explain the polyvagal theory for just, you know, those who aren't familiar? Absolutely. So our vagus nerve, um, is really, you know, when we were talking about the different kinds of, uh, nervous system reactions and the hypervigilant fight or flight or the frozen or the, the place we're supposed to be most of the time, the rest and digest. These are um, shades of the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is that main nerve connecting our brain with our heart, with our gut. And really there's a lot of um, similarities with the heart math research and polyvagal. But really what the polyvagal theory is talking about is talking about how we as humans are hardwired to seek out safety in each other. And how do we see this safety? We see it in people's facial expressions. 
we hear it in their tone of voice. Mm -hmm. And so this is something as doctors is so powerful to use with our patients and as parents with our children. It's Mm -hmm. just really amazing that we have the power to create that safety for each other. And so that, that safety really needs to translate into our doctor's office, right? And, you know, I'm sure everybody listening, like I, I just envision, and my mom has gone over 22 years now, but I'll never forget, I, I was in a car accident years and years ago, and I was trying to hold it together as best I could. And I called my mom, and the minute I heard her voice, I just lost it. You know, it's just something about hearing her voice and, and just to what yeah. you say, you know, that, that, you know, to your point, that, that sense of safety and like, huh, you know, it, it could be good or bad. That, that, that voice or those facial expressions can, you know, can make you feel more comfortable or, or definitely less comfortable. So it's, um, it's very Absolutely. real. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's something that is not talked about enough. You know, it's really foundational that we're feeling safe in our mm-hmm in our families, in our doctor's offices, in our communities. Absolutely. So how'd you turn it around? What did you do? Like, how did you, what did you do? And then, and then you notice, wow, you know what? I'm really feeling better here. This is really working. Well, um, it came with that reframing of anxiety and being like, okay, I've listened to you. I've gone through all the reasons you might be here. And Debbie, to be honest, I was having anxiety about really strange things. We moved out into the country, and I was worried about my husband being away and out of range. I was worried about the fire in the wood stove. It was so big and so intense, it like set this trigger off, like, that's danger. Mm. Um, And all of the things around me, I started to realize I am having anxiety about my natural place in the world. As humans, we've evolved outside. We've evolved in nature without our cell phones. We've evolved by fire. We've evolved by all these things. So why am I so freaked out about it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so I just decided to dive deeper into it, go outside more, go camping with the kids without my husband, totally away from cell reception to really get into to this fear kind of explore what is going on. And the more I did that, the more I realized, oh, you have been so disconnected that these things that bring health and nourishment are completely foreign to you. Mm -hmm. And me trying to figure out why I'm scared of them led to me figuring out how powerful they can be to heal us. You know what I what I love about that is you know what what we what we feed grows and here you were before that just feeding the fear and then and I say it all the time face it feel it heal it and it was when you said okay well these are my fears and let me just take a look and by diving right in you realize you know it's sort of like Dr. Oz behind the you know the curtain there it's like oh that's it this is actually good for me what am I freaking out for but you would never have come to that conclusion had you not just gone in there and dealt with it and taken a look? Oh, absolutely. I would have just been <laughs> scared of my wood stove and my beautiful property and camping in the woods. And it was really like, I'm so thankful for those messages now because that was like the final piece of the puzzle. We did the physical, we did the mental, emotional, nervous system reset. And then it was like, but you're 
a creature of the world. You're a human that lives in an ecosystem and you've really been cut off from it. Mm -hmm. And reconnecting with that has been so amazing. So amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really powerful. And, and it's in taking a look at all of the, everything that wasn't working and, and really facing it and looking at all of th those things and saying, okay, what can I do to just really understand this? And, and that's when, that's when it just isn't nearly as big as you thought, or you make sense and meaning out of it and you can, you can move through it. So what did it lead to for you? Well, it led to better health, less anxiety. Um, you know, I talked about my autoimmune condition, ulcerative colitis, but I was also diagnosed with Hashimoto thyroiditis, Lyme disease, um, multiple GI stuff, and all of that has fallen by the wayside. I am healthy and balanced on every level, and that last connection with nature was the final piece, and it's led to so much better outcomes with my patients, with my family. Um, it's been so exciting that I'm writing a book about it. So what do you say to somebody who, because I know the nature piece is so important and I know um, I, I live in an environment that I can't always be outside. It's, it's freezing. What do you say to someone who's like, well, you know, must be nice for you, but I, I'm sitting here looking at my cubicle and then I go to my, you know, it's like a, a concrete jungle. What do, what, what do you suggest? Absolutely. And, it, and that's so valid. And what I suggest or what I tell people when they say that is that's not 100% true. Concrete transmits that same electrical frequency that the earth does. So if we're talking about grounding and we know that grounding, you know, does so many things. It structures the water outside of our cells. It makes our mitochondria work better. Um, it, it has effects on our nervous system like we were talking about before. It's really powerful. And when, when we start talking about it, we think that it has to be the dirty, dirty earth, <laughs> you know, with the grass and the dirt and the trees. But underneath the concrete is the earth and the concrete will still transmit that. So, so, so now, now I remember a couple of years ago, I had gotten one of those grounding pads. Is that, does that work? Is that okay? I am a fan of the outside. Mm -hmm. So grounding pads are great. Um, but I've had people ask before if I had, uh, a if I had to work four hours on my grounding pad or if I could take lunch outside, which would you say? Mm -hmm. I say lunch outside yeah. <laughs> um, because there's so much we don't know and we're going to find out that there's more to it, <laughs> you know, right. there's more to it. But, um, but yeah, I, I absolutely think that this can be done in, in the middle of Manhattan mm -hmm. and people say the same thing with uh, the sun and vitamin D and getting those rays from the sun. We get those rays even on cloudy days. You okay. know, I'm from Oregon and it, the UV index is so low, but these, we live in the environment. And, and the neat thing is that, that those UV rays are reflected from grass and from water and, and actually even from concrete. So mm -hmm. the concrete jungle is still on earth and we can still connect to earth if we're living in it. 
Beautiful. Okay. So Catherine, what do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Well, I want everybody to know that uh, the journey to healing is just that, right? It's a journey and there are layers. And we as humans have the most incredible system in us for signaling us and for communicating our bodies communicating if we can just listen so and if we can fully go through that journey then what comes out on the other side is really amazing it's like you you were just saying you're find it feel it fix it face it feel it heal it absolutely where do we go to learn more about you you can check me out at wellfuture.com. That's my website and that's my blog. And um, I'm also at Dr. Clinton, Dr. Catherine Clinton on Instagram and Facebook. And that's where I do a lot of my uh, social outreach and education. Terrific. I want to thank you so much. I know our listeners got so much value from what you share with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I just love what you're doing and I'm excited to be a part of it. Well, there it is. Another example of mental, emotional issues manifesting into something physical. Catherine explained it so beautifully how the body responds to the mind. Stay in touch with her by going to wellfuture.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Listen to what your body is trying to tell you and then do some simple things as your way of responding. Maybe that means spending time in nature, turning off the bright lights before bed, getting some sun, trying something like neurofeedback, like heart math or another technique, or you can also have your cortisol tested with the Dutch test and more. Betrayal hits us hard. So it's important to do what you can to move towards healing. Of course, to see what your betrayal left in its wake, take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And the PBT Institute membership community is ready. Imagine everything you would ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best. Community, support, certified coaches and practitioners. You can schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming, and supportive place to become your best all online. I am so excited to welcome you to thepbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.